Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Now, more than ever, it's important to keep up on the latest marketing trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group. Here we go. Welcome, y'all, to the Making a Marketer podcast. This is episode 81. We're doing this live. Ask me anything. Um, we do have some questions that we got before the show, so we will make sure to answer those in addition to that anyone live has. But I want to say hello to my guest. Hi there. Hi. Hey. So this is the second time in a row that, that the names haven't shown up on there. So I have a caption that I'll add. So uh, for the purposes of the broadcast, that'll be there. But of course, this is an audio first situation. So I want to have you guys introduce yourselves. Also breaking a little bit from tradition and of me usually reading my guest bios, but I thought I hardly ever talk about what I do or what I'm looking to do or whatever. So I'm also going to join in the fun and give my a little brief introduction for myself. But real quick, I just want to say that this show is brought to you by Powers of Marketing, my boutique strategic communication agency. And we provide strategic communication consulting and execution for small to medium-sized businesses. All right, let's start with you, Troy. Tell our listeners and our viewers a little about yourself. What's up, world, digital world? I am Troy Sanich. I am the leading on-demand strategy solutions expert, aka the strategy hacker, with over 10 years of experience empowering brands to achieve next level growth. You know, making that money, making that moolah, maximizing that revenue, using the power of social media and developing loyal communities. So I've been here, done it all. I was a former VP of multi-million dollar agency, founding CEO of Strategy Hackers. I do it all. My people are on live. So I'm all about just yeah. giving those strategies, giving those insights to just help you achieve the results that you want. Fantastic. And Di McDonald, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Di. I'm a Cuban. I was born and bred in Cuba. And then I came here when I was seven. And ever since then, I've really been into marketing. I kind of tiptoe into it. And then I, I um, as soon as I got my fashion degree, I actually went so um, headfirst in. And so now I'm the social uh, person for Shaky. So my whole world is about social and digital marketing. I'm part of the marketing team at Shaky's Global. Shakey's Pizza, yes. right? To clarify for anyone who has been living under yes. a rock since 1960 <laughs> or 50 or whatever, however long yeah, it's been around. they've been around for a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's very nostalgic. I didn't go to Shakey's growing up. I went to like some competing pizza places, which won't be mentioned, <laughs> but that's funny because I just do, I do think of it as like part of childhood. And um, so I, that's awesome. They're still in business and hired a smart person like yourself to <laughs> social. Very Thank good. <laughs> All right. So I have had my company since 2013 and I am actually in the process of interviewing future employers. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, right? That You notice how I flipped that a little bit? Like I'm not being interviewed by them. They're being interviewed by me, but um, yes. obviously it's a two-way street, but so many people I think frame it in a different way. And I am decided I kind of want to go more the product marketing route, it's a little bit more technical side of marketing. And, but also more like customer focused versus comms. But we'll see what shakes out through all these. I'm having some really great conversations. So yeah, that'll be keeping this podcast. We'll continue on for as long as, you know, for I, I see no end date. So we're at episode 80. 
I already have mapped out episode 100 and doing it two a month takes a little bit longer to get to those milestones, but I love this is my favorite part of my job. So, all right. I am not seeing any comments, so that could totally be a factor of the way that Restream has been working for me. But we did get, like I said, we got some questions before. So let's just dive right in. I, I wanted to do a Ask Me Anything just because I think it it's just like, like just, let's talk about what matters. Let's talk about a bunch of stuff versus, you know, focusing on one topic. And then as a marketer, my, the trick will be naming the episode, right? To like get people to listen on the podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll, see what, we'll see what comes out of, you know, what, what we talk about. So if you are in the audience, please go ahead and put any questions that you have for us about anything to do with marketing and business in general. And we'll get those answered. I have, I have broadcast up on my phone. So I'm going to be looking there for that. So let's talk about social audio. I, we did just do a show on Clubhouse where we, we did talk in general terms about social audio, but I think more and more and just referring to it as that was a little bit different shift for myself that I made this week. I don't know about y'all, but thinking of it in those terms versus just like, oh, it's a new social media channel. Let's first talk about that. What do you guys think? Do you think that's a good way to frame it? Troy, what do you what do you think? The great answer markers always say it depends, right? It depends. <laughs> I think how you're using it is going to dictate like your mindset around it. Like if you have to treat it like another social media platform so to force you into that mental state to really get the most out of it, then by all means, it's a social media platform. But if you don't have to, and you're just going to ask like the tool, the mechanism to get to the result, get into the ear, you're dealing with like what, what do salespeople want and what does marketing need to validate? Revenue, conversations, all in, in high quality leads, right? So you're having people in the moment, in real time, listening to you, hearing you, validating you, hearing your trust, all these broader parts that everybody wants and go through a series of sub funnels, email, all the stuff. That's eliminated. You're in the moment and you can have those conversations and you can pick up on cues to see how much you devolve, figure out the personas in the marketing. So it's all about how you're using the platform. I consider it both. I consider it as a social media platform. I also see it as a marketing enhancement tool, maybe even a sales enhancement tool in a lot of different ways of how you're using it. Just similar to how to use YouTube as a content creation tool, but I see it as an SEO validator. I see it as an FAQ system. So it's all about looking at it from outside of just the actual case of what it is, in my opinion. Love that answer. Di, what do you think? Just kind of taking what Troy said and expanding on it. Something I also often hear about here a lot is, you know, wow, another social media platform that I have to learn and, and use. But honestly, it really always depends on what your end goal is and the strategy you've already set for your brand or your company or, or yourself as the person that's branding themselves. I personally see it as something that is allowing you to put a voice to a brand, which is, I know that sounds funny because we talk about voice a lot in terms of writing, but now you can literally put a voice to your brand. And I think that is leaps and bounds much better than just typing something out or just showing a picture. They're both good and you still want to use images, videos, and text. But now you just have the option of using audio. And I love thinking about it as a social audio just because it really hones in on that social aspect of it. So yeah, definitely, I think it's extremely useful. It depends on what your goal is and it depends on what you want to get out of it. And much like Troy said, it really depends on the entire situation. But I think it, there's a huge future for it. And I think it's going to bring a lot more voices into the fold that were maybe not there before. And if I could um, add yeah, of course. like 20 seconds, yeah. don't, don't clock me because y'all know I'm messing up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm to your point, you know, 
just kind of how people didn't want to do with Instagram. It's new, whatever. Pretty much everyone's Instagram account. TikTok, but sure enough, people starting to, yeah. like, there's a pattern here. Change is happening. Don't be against it. And if you're in social and if you're a marketing, if you're a business trying to stay afloat and be thriving, there's always going to be new players in the game. So if your immediate approach is like, oh, I always think, what does this make possible for me? With audio, guess what you don't have to do? You don't have to write all the time. You don't have to put on the makeup and glam, do the live and the lights and make sure all this. You just, you, know, you just speak. You just speak. And guess what? It's only audio. So you can read stuff. You can read your best blogs. You can read your pitches, all this stuff. And no one has to know. Like the meme, no one has to know. So I think there's a lot of advantage to this. And stop thinking like, oh my gosh, what, what does this make possible for me? It eliminates so much stuff and allows you to really find your voice. And you can pitch at a higher volume to see what's working, what's not working. So that way you can transfer to your blog content, your video content, and all these other things as well. So there's a lot of opportunities here. No doubt. Yeah, for sure. And it, I like how Di said, it's like anything else. It all depends, right? But totally, I and I had this conversation with somebody, I spoke at her event a couple weeks ago and she said, well, I haven't gotten in Clubhouse because I just, like you say, it's one more thing and I don't really have time, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, here's the thing is that that's a, one of the best things about it is that you can be a fly on the wall. You can start out just listening and hearing different voices. And I think there's a reason every platform now is putting out an audio element, right? Because it's a different twist. And like a podcast is one way, essentially, right? They're just listening. So on the replay on this, on the audio or on the on the podcast, they'll be listening. And we have very little opportunity to get interaction from them. So part of the reason I do every other show live is for that reason, to get a little bit more interaction, to also walk the walk as a marketer, but to like, you know, and add a different dimension. And I'm really, I was told if you have a one episode a month show, it's impossible to get traction. So this was also my like, okay, this will be one way to do something a little bit differently. But yeah. And then, so we are going to do, we're going to go on Clubhouse following this to talk post-show and hopefully get some other voices and some other conversations um, in on that. It's in the Making a Marketer Club. So if you're watching this in time to catch that, it'll be 5 p.m. Pacific time and 8 p.m. Eastern. I think I just probably wrote that wrong in the description of it in Clubhouse and I scheduled it. But being able to schedule, I, I just wanted to do that real quick while, after we decided we were going to do it. Anyway, so again, we're going to walk the walk. And, um, what's that? Um, can I add something real quick? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I wanted to say that the kind of the, what is difficult about doing a podcast versus um, a social audio thing is while podcasts can be social audio, it's difficult because you can't necessarily feel the room when you're doing a podcast, that traditional podcast that, you know, you, you might just hear on your when you're walking, when you're doing you know, errands or something. But when you're doing social audio, you do have, like Clubhouse, you do have the opportunity to get a feel for the room just a little bit better. And that definitely helps in the way that you speak to your audience or in the way that you're hosting a room or any kind of, you know, if it's Twitter, then you're hosting you know, a space. But I do feel like that is helpful for people who are speaking just kind of getting a feel of their audience, getting that interaction going, like you said, and then just really being able to meet to people face to face in a way, not obviously not directly, but that's the difficulty of doing things like a video or doing things like a podcast where it's really the interaction while it's meant to be community centric, it's really one person talking and the, the audience listening. They can't talk back. Um, they can certainly leave comments and stuff, but they can't really interact with you face to face uh, live. 
face to face. They can't really interact with you live. So, um, so that is something that I think is extremely helpful in situations like this. And just like anything, that's not always what you're going for. Sometimes you do just want to make your point or you want to share your idea uninterrupted. And then, you know, you go out and make a podcast about that. So it really is depending on what you want, but that's just an added bit, uh, bonus, I would say. Yeah, for sure. So welcome, Dave. Thanks for, for, for being here. He has said podcasting is hard because audience interaction helps helps pull out the value from, mm-hmm. from, from the content. Yeah. So and this is interesting, too, because there's a lot of talk about is social audio going to hurt podcasting? It might reduce listenership, but the thing about podcasts is that they're still growing too. So there's millions of podcasts, but only like a few hundred thousand that are regularly still posting, right? So that's another like kind of a weird thing. But yeah, but I think anything you can do that feeds into your strategy that helps you get the word out to your customers is a good thing. So I'm not seeing a lot of brands as brand clubhouse had a thing like you couldn't, you had to be a person right from the get go. So do we see them changing that? And how's that working for y'all? Like, are you on there on behalf of yourself? Or are you on there on behalf of of Shakey's. In terms of Clubhouse, I'm on there on behalf of myself as a representative of Shakey's, if that makes sense. Okay. But yeah. uh, I certainly don't market on Clubhouse personally. I'm still really filling out that space in terms of what my strategy will be for it in the future for the brand. But I will say something about all of this. It's something that I think we forget as marketers. Sometimes, not always. But it's the fact that nothing exists in a silo, right? Every single social media platform is really meant to work with every other social media platform. So while they do want to keep you on their platform, for the most part, there's nothing, nothing is meant to be to exist in itself on its own. So when you're doing a podcast, for example, you want to call that its own type of platform, that just the the type of podcast, the, the way that podcasting is made, let's say that's a platform, you still have to go out and market that and you want to utilize as many platforms that are, that makes sense for you to utilize as possible. So, you know, you just, you kind of want to make friendships between platforms so that they can piggyback off each other. Obviously, everything is going to go directly into one location, but you do want to, you know, maybe advertise on Instagram, maybe advertise on Twitter or use every other platform to kind of hone in on everything, you know, all together to make it like this one big thing, a bit of an ecosystem, if you will. Right. Troy, what do you think about brands being on on social audio at that time will come, right? And obviously, it's already there in Twitter spaces. So I'm curious what you would tell if you have like clients or people who would ask you, like, what kind of advice would you give them if they want to use social audio to develop their brand or to, to try to increase their revenue? And I mean, and, and can you even think about revenue yet? Is it too early for that? So I'll what just you- spill the tea. I yeah, know like 50 people, like not big brands, SMBs, y'all, who are yeah. spending strategically maybe five hours on Clubhouse, or that could be the same on Twitter spaces, and they're getting real dollars and cents. This ain't no MLM or some whatever. This is legit situation, just how YouTube was back in the golden ages in 2008. So there is a, some viability there. Now, if you're that person looking at, downloads and platform numbers between clubhouse and spaces i'm not gonna get all that 
But I do think for brands, Twitter makes more sense for spaces because you already have the following. I'm not saying that all your followers specifically beyond spaces with you, because when some people join, then their groups, their social universes are notified. They're seeing them and they come in. So that's a very big, powerful uh, point to make that when Twitter, the shelf life five to max 15 minutes, now you're in someone's present in their ear. And I don't know about you all, but when I hear someone's voice sometimes, I read the tweets in the brand's voice, in the person's voice. That makes me feel more connected, more attached. If I wasn't following them before, I'm going to follow them. I maybe put the little bell there and I'm going to be anxiously looking because I feel like I have a stronger relationship with them. Now, on the caveat side, if you're more B2B, you're not in the top, you know, four or five thousand, you're in that SMB range or you're coming up the ranks. I think Clubhouse is more your jam because you're able to pitch to a lot of people in bulk if you're a startup or, you know, push your conversation, what you're trying to do. And that range to so many folks, you can get a lot of tests running. If you're big on A-B testing, Clubhouse is where you can go because you can join multiple rooms, different audience segments, profile segments, and really learn and see, okay, this works. This doesn't work. This works. This doesn't work. And when you're rehearsing and rehearsing, it's just retaining it better. So I think I do think Clubhouse and Spaces, I know we got this question within the 24 hours about short Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces and Die. Megan, we've been, it's been a whole month of like, what do we do? Or is not more. And I think it comes down to Clubhouse is more that event sector vibe. Think of it like LinkedIn and Facebook. Like literally Clubhouse is like that LinkedIn and Spaces is more of that Facebook. Now, granted, they look kind of the same, they kind of itemized, but it has a different vibe to it. And that's kind of where I would tell people if they're just getting started, think of that in mind. But still, don't just be be more open-minded as Diet says. Be open-minded to it and don't limit yourself if you're as a marketer or a brand or a business because it could really be viable on multiple fronts. Yeah, I would right. like to add, if I can, yeah, um, something that Troy said is the kind of where new platforms, when they come into the market, kind of what makes them so valuable is the fact that you have now a huge ability to experiment. You typically don't want to experiment on a platform that you're very established in just because you don't want to erode anything. You don't want to erode any kind of audience. You don't want to turn people off. Obviously, when it comes to ad, I'm talking about organic right now, but when it comes to ad spend, you have a lot of opportunity to experiment. But when it comes to your own audience, your organic, your huge fans and followers, you don't want to take chances on losing them. So when it's a brand new platform and you don't have an audience built and and everyone is figuring it out at the same time as you, it is a huge, massive opportunity to experiment and to try things that you wouldn't try elsewhere and to have a lot of fun with that, you know, do A-B testing, like Troy said, or really try things that you just might not try otherwise. And, yeah. you know, definitely keeping an open mind. And my one caveat with Clubhouse is that it's really difficult to build a brand. It's easy to build a person. It is not easy to build a brand because there is no, to build a brand, you need a little bit of a backlog. You need a a bet, you know, you have a relationship with a brand that when you like a brand, when you're a fan of that brand, it's not immediate. You've built a relationship with them. You've seen their content over time. But with Clubhouse, there's no there's no real historical content. You know, there's no history of things that you've done. So people can't go and listen to previous, you know, rooms that you've hosted as a brand. They can't. So it's difficult to kind of build that relationship unless you're there in the moment. I wouldn't say that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, maybe that's why people spend five minutes pumping themselves up every time they talk. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. No, I can see it. But I would say that people have about, yeah. 
<laughs> I could see that being, I haven't actually heard that before. So I was like, well, I didn't know that. But I can see that happening. I mean, I would certainly need a little pump up every time because I'm like, oh, I get nervous. So, but mm-hmm. anyway, it, it is just, unless you're there, you're not building a community on Clubhouse, unless you're physically there. And so much of every other social, so like a part of a component of every other social media website or app is the fact that you can build communities and build connections without having to necessarily be there because someone will have found something of yours and they'll like it. So that's just my one caveat. And and again, that just really means you got to think about the way you would market that. It's not a hindrance if you built it into your strategy. Right. Okay. So we are getting some questions. So I want to kind of switch gears a a little bit to, okay. So Dave has a few questions and Jim Fuse is on. He's so some people are watching on my personal page and Jim Fuse asked if Clubhouse shut you down. Did that happen? Yeah. He said, did Clubhouse really shut you down? So maybe he misunderstood. Oh, the tweet that I did. So (laughs) I was like, oh, snap. Why do the Clubhouse? Uh, (laughs) um, So let me clarify, because, you know, I'm over dramatic. I made a room, (laughs) the whole thing, and (laughs) legit, I got booted out the room, out the blue, the app closed. Again, I'm not saying not get on Clubhouse. This is a a weird freak act, especially when I respond to Jim's point. So, you know, (laughs) I didn't want to get canceled on Clubhouse. I'm still there, fine, Troy, and I'm I'm still there. (laughs) Okay, so Dave asked, what's the ad model for Clubhouse for brands? So let's just touch on this real quick, like, because that's we're not there yet, right? Well, they're not even eventually they'll let brands on, and eventually, you know, there, there's all these things like Twitter needs scheduling and Clubhouse needs branding. And Troy, what's your thought on, on this question? I think two ways one, subscription based model, because they're not going to get it from just display, it's just you don't have enough volume and traffic for that. But subscription based could be viable. I think the other part of that is to come at it from an event perspective, like think LinkedIn events, but kind of integrating the Clubhouse and make it more serious, more robust bus and then people would pay to sponsor or run events through that clubhouse channel so we can get zoomed out or like whatever but the audio can be a viable way to make that happen yeah well and you could do like with podcasts some of them have like automatic ad insertions and you know mid-roll pre-roll mid-roll and then at the end but the most valuable ads on podcasts are reads by the host so that's definitely something I think you could monetize having. I mean, you could do that now, right? Having yeah, the medical. having the moderator or host, whatever you want to call it, talk about your brand and read, like you say, we don't know they're reading something if they do it right, right? Like, <laughs> like read the read the ad. <laughs> All right. So let's go on to the, his next question. Do you think Spaces will be a financial success for Twitter, being as it is built on the back of Periscope? which objective was a failure. I mean, I just will say real quick, they're using the bandwidth, right? They're using the hardware for from Periscope, but it's a totally different thing. Like, Di, what do you think? I think it'll be a success. I don't know about it being a financial success. Right, <laughs> that's but, a different thing. Right, right. Because I do think it's difficult to monetize things like that. Although I, they're playing with it right now. But yeah, I kind of, jury is kind of out for me on that. I don't know about financially successful, but is it incredibly valuable to the community right now? Absolutely. It's incredibly valuable. People are loving it. I've heard the conversation really steer away from Clubhouse saying like, oh, we like Twitter spaces more, but I kind of would expect that from a Twitter audience. So uh, I'm sure it's biased. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm sure people on Clubhouse is like, we like Clubhouse more. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you hear it from both sides. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so I think it's valuable. And I guess you have to decide kind of financially speaking, you have to decide how valuable 
something that other people find valuable is in the term of finance and kind of where you can squeeze the money out of it. But yeah, I don't know that it'll be financially viable. I, I don't have much hope for that, but I do, okay. I do think it's valuable. All right. Okay. So as happens, we're almost at 30 minutes already. So we will go over the half hour that I kind of like delimited to, because obviously we've hardly even scratched the surface. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about events in general. And it's kind of a good segue because Troy, I think what you did was super smart. I mean, you had an event, you had basically like a summit on Clubhouse. You scheduled sessions with topics and speakers. And I, as an event professional, I thought that was super smart. And I, and it got my, it got the wheels turning. I was like, Ooh, what else could we do in events? So I'm actually doing a talk on June 8th at the event tech live conference. It's online about using audio to add impact to your online, offline and hybrid events. So in my mind, I was like, okay, let's like give a pre-show of what your speakers are about you know, do a session when you're trying to get people to register, add that as a sponsor, a thing in your sponsor package, being able to have your sponsors, you know, come on pre-event or even during it. Like imagine, you know, when you walk out of a room and the speakers are in the hallway, take it on to a different level and have it do it, you know, maybe in a clubhouse room. So I, and then as, as Troy knows, and I went and bought a bunch of URLs, I was like clubhouseevents.club. Like all these like, cause I was like, oh, this is super smart. We were like, everyone doing the URL buyouts. So Troy, what are your thoughts on that? On like using it as an event platform like you did, or even as a supplement? And do you see a future there? Of like, do you have anything else planned or kind of what are your thoughts? I think there's a future there. I think, goodness, it was a lot. And it needs a little more bells and was to make it more robust. You'd really have to think through some things and some caveats that you won't have certain cues or certain things to trigger certain things. So how can you get creative? And I'm not putting one against another, but at least for spaces, you have those visual cues that can kind of help break that apart. But if we're focusing just, just on the lens of Clubhouse, I do think for future events, it does make sense. It's refreshing. It's new. It could create a, a lower margin of entry. So a lot of people who may not have with a lot going on with the pandemic, just the wider net of things, you know, with not going in person and, you know, high in there and all these different things, you can really make a sub-series of events consistently that doesn't have a low cost entry, but still can be very viable, very profitable, longevity down the road. So I think from that lens, it definitely helps, especially if you pair that with like, hey, we have a big live stream event or something coming up and we all do a monthly clubhouse series of events to give you a taste of different speakers, like you said. And so they're in it. They're an hour in. It's like, oh, I want more. All right. Buy the tickets. Like, that's how it is. FOMO, right. if you were there, you were there, you missed it, you missed it, you know, type of thing. Right. So I do think it creates a high demand. It's just, you have to have some infrastructure and you got to think outside the box and tie it in. I would encourage, as I know, Megan's like one of the top events planners. Like I would just say, like be a little bit open-minded to just like, you can approach it the same way like we would a normal event style because of how it is. And um, I think people want to slightly different, but I do think it can be very powerful. Yeah, I think it's a great supplement. And then eventually it could be its own thing. I will tell you in spaces yesterday, I saw Jason Keith owns the Social Fresh social media conference and he's doing a weekly show and a lead up to his conference. And I looked at who the speakers were and three of them were, uh, you know, speakers in that room and not necessarily, he had obviously mentions the conference, but just talking about marketing in general and different topics that these people are, they have like really good positions in Hulu and, and also 
I will, I have to give them props that the diversity in the speaker lineup is amazing. It's the best, it's the most diverse stage lineup I've ever seen for a social media conference. So props to them for doing the right thing. <laughs> lots of women, lots of people of color. In fact, it took me a while to find a white person when I was going through it. I was like, nice. <laughs> like instead of like the say, cause that's the thing when, you know, shopping for companies to work for, I look at their board and if it's six white guys, there's, you know, there's no diversity there. I'm like, probably not for me. So I want to, on the last topic, kind of, I just want to talk a little bit about social media and this just might be my own personal feeling, but I just want to talk a little bit about whether you all see whether there are some diminishing returns in social media, maybe compared to how it used to be. I know there's some burnout, but it still can work for some people. But like, I know like social media managers are tired. Like uh, this year has been... Tied. <laughs> I didn't want to say it like that because I wasn't sure because I don't have any place. This white girl, Irish white girl, is like got no place to, to use a word like that. But um, <laughs> I think that's what um said that his grandma, I think it was his grandma or his mm-hmm. mom, he, he tied. All right. Tad. So tied. So I, I'm curious, do you think like should, and again, this is under the, it all depends caveat, but we understand that. Depends on what your strategy is, depends on what you're trying to accomplish. But I just want to talk generally. If adjustments, are being made for your clients with regard to how much time we're recommending you spend on social um, and kind of like whether or not the perspective is sort of changed on it. Di, what do you think? You know what? I think, yes, it depends, like you said, but I think there's one important thing that we need to realize that it depends on. And it depends on boundaries and setting those boundaries, not as the customer who's, you know, maybe shopping on social media or whatever. It's more as a company as a brand, as a person who, you know, has employees, it's setting that boundary. It starts at the top and it's saying for social media managers in particular, it's saying, Hey, I don't expect you to work 24 seven. I don't. And if we're not open, you shouldn't be answering questions. And it really depends on boundaries and that we can really avoid a lot of the burnout with that. Just having an open conversation about the boundaries and the things that, you know, and allowing social managers to just take days off and take weekends off and take things that they need because we're, we're all human. We need these things. So that it really starts with that, I think. But, and I do think that there is diminishing returns when we are diminishing the population of people that is handling that. If people cannot handle that because it is eroding on their life, then yes, we're going to see diminishing the returns, obviously. But in terms of just the social platform itself, are the, the their diminishing returns there. I think uh, yes, algorithm plays a huge part in terms of the way that they will serve up something to uh, to your customers or to your fans. But what I run into a lot is the problem that people don't understand what social media is for. Social media is a component of your brand. It is a part, a piece of the pie. It is not the entire brand. Do not expect to make a lot of sales on social media because it is not meant for that. Social media has never been meant for that. Social media has been meant for communication, for community, for education. It is not meant as a sales funnel. Uh, Yes, you can use it that way. It's just not meant for that. So I do think adjusting kind of what you want to get out of it will really help you find the purpose and and kind of really guide you as where to go. The best way, the best place for sales is a website. So it isn't Instagram. It isn't Facebook as much as Facebook 
you know, likes to tell you that it is. And the best place for it is your website. That's where you can really kind of marry that customer and yeah. walk them through everything. You have the space, you have the components. That's really where it'll help. And I know that's really high level and, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we can't uh, solve all the problems of the world, but no, that was, right. that was a great answer. <laughs> but, but yes, that's, but there's kind of a lot of components there and you will see diminishing returns, but it depends on the population, right? The population that is being forced to work in conditions that are not the best. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, and I think restaurants is a that's a totally different animal. For sure, you're not selling. Retail is a bit different, right? I mean, we've all bought things. I just got my peachy tank top, that peachy folder tank top that's been advertised on I, I bit <laughs> and bought it. Did you guys? You're probably too young to know what a peachy folder is. Do you know what a peachy folder is? Anyone? Okay. All right. Well, it's just a folder, but it's yellow and it had like these sketches of people playing sports on it. And it was so it was like the thing of the 70s and 80s that everyone had peachy folders. And I was just talking to a friend. I was like the best part about the peachy folder for me was the doodling like you would doodle on it and whatever, like write your favorite band's name and the way that they, it was on their album. Anyway, so what I think we're going to do is we're going to continue this conversation on Clubhouse. Now for the podcast, I appreciate you all listening to this unique kind of approach to, to the show. I want to I want to close out this part of the show with something that I we typically do is I would like you to each to share the best way to get a hold of you and then also a business book that you're digging right now. Troy, you want to start? Sure. So find Troy on the internet, but Twitter's my jam. So come on there, Spaces Clubhouse. I'm a vibe. I'm a whole, I'm a whole pie myself. I'm going <laughs> to give are. you some fun. I've been reading currently value-based um, selling. It's getting away from the hourly perspective because let's be honest, you can't really formulate and it's stressful, it's tiring and you're never getting the ROI that you want. When you pitch value-based, I want it, I want it, whatever you need and it's an easier way to sell and more sustainable. So I've been reading that book and it's been very helpful for me as a consultant, consultant but also as a marketing person and for those who are in strategy as well. I love that. Do you know who the author is? Uh, I can get the book in like 10 seconds. That's all right, that's all right. <laughs> all right, uh, Di, what, what about you? Best way to find you? Alan and, Weiss, um, Alan Weiss. Alan Weiss, okay. Best way to find you and then your book of recommendation. Great. So you can find me on Instagram or on Twitter. A little easier to find me on Twitter. My Instagram handle is a little funky, but Twitter, it's quoting badly. Like I quote things really badly. <laughs> but um, yeah, right now we, I actually, uh, I actually have a marketing book club and all we do is read marketing books. We're really into that and kind of the whole point of the book club is really just to evolve as a marketer. So right now we're about to start a book and it's called The Hidden Psychology of Social Networks by Joe Federer. Sorry, I have a hard time saying his last name, but um, really cool. It's really interesting. The group decided we really want to dive into organic social. So we went with this book. And if you reach out to me, I'm happy to add you to the to the book club if you're interested or answer any questions you have. Awesome. And I don't know if Jen can pull a rabbit out of her hat. Jen Cole is my co-host on, on every other episode and sometimes on the lives. Jen, if you could grab that clubhouse link and pop it in, um, that'd be cool. If not, no big, but all right, we're looking at, we've got 20 minutes. And so join us over on, on clubhouse, follow the making a marketer club. 
And if you go to Making Marketer Duck Club on the interwebs, you'll get redirected to our Twitter. But our Twitter is at Make a Marketer because some guy's sitting on making a marketer still. He's not doing anything with it. So annoying. <laughs> but another thing I'd like to ask is that, which we, we rarely do, but if you enjoy this show, if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing us on your platform of choice, and we would appreciate that because that helps it get seen by more people. So 81 episodes in and and this is my love. I absolutely love this show and I love our, our listeners and all of our amazing guests. Thank you both for being our guests today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having Make us. Marketer 81. Whoop, whoop. Okay. To 100. And <laughs> if the timing works out right, we hope to hear you on Clubhouse. So obviously we won't see you, right? And we'll we'll dig a more a little bit more into that. There were many more questions, but you know, again, like it's, it's hard to solve all the problems of the world in one sitting. So we'll continue that convo over there. Okay, y'all. This has been the Making Marketer Podcast, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>